is Christine Conti, and you are listening to best-selling author of Split Second Courage. What if your fears were the key to your dreams? That's right, everyone. Available on Amazon right now as an ebook or paperback. Grab your copy today and unleash your inner superhero. What is holding you back from living the life you truly deserve? It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Christine, you've done well. What a great I actually, guest. Well, my only complaint is, why haven't we had her on sooner, Christine? I, what have you been doing? It's one of those things where like, you just you know, cross paths and, and are... Um, it's we're such high demand <laughs> we that we're em. always so booked way out and you know um but Debbie Bellinger who I've been trying to get her on the show for a while and finally we got this to work and connected and if y'all don't know who Debbie Bellinger is you are in for a treat today it's fantastic fantastic so you know health and wellness and medical wellness and uh, she's a, a, a uh, an expat, a Canadian expat mm-hmm. that's uh, down here in the states doing uh, some magic in the healthcare system and working with uh, healthcare systems and and doctors and creating wellness centers that help people with chronic disease and uh, you know coming off of joint replacements and just everything medical fitness uh, that we you know that we've talked about quite a bit on the show. Uh, but Debbie is doing it right. Ooh. Um- yeah, don't don't be don't be taken back by the whole like medical fitness thing. She has won um major awards like IDEA and American um Fitness Association and Medical Fitness Awards for her programming, for working with different companies and she's got master classes and programs and consults and if you are looking to up level your fitness or wellness or you're a doctor or a nurse and you work in a hospital or you just work in a company somewhere or a school. I don't care what you do. Debbie has amazing information about what A, you should be doing, where we're going as a society with everything. And and if you are a fitness professional, it's time to rethink what you believe a fitness professional does and their role in this world. Absolutely. It's not just about boot camps and looking skinny and, you know, fitting into the, uh, the dress or the bathing suit or the, or, you know, the suit that you wore on your wedding day. Uh, it's about, it's about staying on this planet longer and living yeah. a long, healthy life and helping the people that are actually needing it the most, the sick, the suffering, uh, you know, the 80 to 90% of us, the one in two. Uh, did it, you it, hear the, um, the new statistics about, um, the retirement age, like people say, oh, you know, retiring at 65. Well, right now it's like, are you ready to retire and then live another 30 years? Yeah, no, that's that, a like, problem. This is a big, huge that we need to address. And, and what I thought was interesting is I love the words now, lifespan and health span. That's right. I love those two. We need to think we're, about this more. We're living a little bit longer, but we're not living healthily longer. Right. 
right? We're living longer, sicker lives than longer, healthier lives. So I want to be uh, 95. A like, whole lot to think I'm about. I'm going to drop in the middle of a marathon. I'm going to get to yeah. the end of the Boston Marathon and I'll be like, yes. And I, I was going to say right? 95 years old running the anchor at the Penn Relays. Okay. Heck yeah. Okay. Give me the stick. I'm running. <laughs> um, I love it. That's uh, that's one of my favorite things to watch is those yes. uh, those guys at the pen relays every year. So uh, anyway, we digress. This is a fantastic episode. You're really going to love Debbie. She's a, um, just a fountain of information, and uh, you know we just appreciate her time and uh, and helping us out with all this. So uh, please sit back and enjoy, everybody. Be well. Welcome back to another amazing episode of the Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Christine. I love when things are not always going smoothly in life. Little little chaos to start the show here with some technical difficulties well, and audio things, but we we got listen, it. We rigged it. I it. You're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You could. You have, right. like you carve that on your bedpost. How many times you've heard like you're a genius? You're a or genius. You it's know? like now. Check. Now there's two people. You and my wife Check. are now officially know me as a genius. Nah. <laughs> right? Just ask her. Oh man! So we obviously you heard in the intro that we have an amazing guest, and her name just happens to be Debbie Ballinger. Welcome to the show, Debbie. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for the invite. Debbie, you should, this has been a long time in the coming, in the, uh, yeah, coming because, I mean, let's, let's just lay it out here, Miss Debbie, fitness icon, (laughs) um, winner of many prestigious awards in the industry, health and wellness programming and life changer. I love this. This is, I know, I love people who are like, Getting out there and getting their hands in it and saying, I feel passionate about something and I'm not going to sit back. I'm going to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life's heroes, right? We love them. We we support them. We bring them on our show to talk about what they do and who they are. Where are you coming to us today from? I am in South Carolina, upstate South Carolina, near... Greenville is probably the biggest city that the audience might be able to relate to. All right. Beautiful. But that's not where you're originally from, Debbie. All right, we we have to we have to delve into this and then, you know, how did you go from there to here to all this fitness stuff because you got you got an interesting story behind you. And so where are you originally from? Born in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Raised in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. 
All right. We love mm-hmm. Canadians. We love the Canadian fitness professionals. We love, like, what a great bunch you have. It, yeah. So how the heck did you go from, all right, I raised in Ottawa. Was it always, was like, I mean, it's freezing up there. Let's be honest. Was it always, <laughs> you know, did you always have a dream of, you know, fleeing to a warmer climate or how did, how did that happen? Am I, uh, yeah, I, something came to mind. I probably can't say it on air, but anyways, oh, to the heck no. No, no, no. <laughs> there was no plan to end up in the States, Christine. It was very um, organic. And I started the American journey in Houston, Texas. So for a Canadian girl born raised in Ontario, if you're to pick one state in America, I feel like you've landed, you know, in a completely different universe, go to Texas, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, um, started in Texas and then moved to South Carolina and then to North, then to Florida, then to Tucson, Arizona, and back to South Carolina. And most of the moves have been based on my career, getting an offer and relocating and taking a leap of faith and just going and doing it, you know? Um, And it's worked out. So yeah, I've lived all over. Uh, There was no master plan behind any of that, but it's been amazing. And um, I've had a really blessed career and lots of great adventures for a Canadian girl who's been in the States since 1997. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. So yeah. what, what kind of work? What kind of work? Let's, let's start with where you began. I mean, how did you, how did you begin in the industry? And what, uh, you know, what were you doing in Canada that brought you down into the States? What kind of jobs did you bounce around to from time to time? Yeah, great question, Brian. So... It's really interesting, Christine. I just saw your post last night, I think. It's such a small world. So I grew up on the Canadian fitness stage, on the Canadian fitness scene with Ken Fit Pro with Marie. True story. Mm-hmm. So I got my presenting chops with the Fitness Ontario Leadership Program teaching the Group X certification one weekend a month. At the same time, presenting for Can Fit Pro on their stage and working for the YMCA in Ottawa. And I did the fitness instructor certification course for the YMCA in Ottawa once a month as well. I had to be sure to find an apartment close to the Y because I was there all the time. (laughs) But I also had a full-time job. So um, I was the university fitness coordinator when I was doing my master's at the University of Western Ontario and getting my group X teaching chops the day when, um, who was that person that was on TV, Christine, with the 20-minute workout? Beth. Bess. Do you remember Bess? Bess. The 20-minute workouts with Bess, and she was on the screen in a unitard with a little belt, and it was just her. No, I was too I mean, busy watching Galad yeah. in Hawaii. And <laughs> Denise Austin. So, yeah, it was, it was uh, the thing in the day, right? I think Denise just posted on Muscle Mixes or something. But anyways, um, my full-time work was always in the industry. I was YMCA Fitness Leadership Director of the Leadership Center. So I was right in the mix of 
teaching group acts, certifying new instructors, getting my presenting chops. Um, all the while, I was director of Parks and Rec for a municipality. I was director of a health club in a hotel, downtown Ottawa, which was brilliant. And my career, is, it's so fascinating to share because it is a story. Everybody's got a story, but somehow I've been the first director at every single stop. The first spa director. Yep. The first director of wellness for this hospital. The first director of wellness for that hospital. The first senior vice president of healthy living for South Florida Wise. Like, how does that happen? But I loved it because I'm a creator, right? So give me that white slate and say, here's the job description, make it happen. I'm like, oh yeah, watch me go. Because, you know, that means that I have permission to innovate, create, make stuff happen, hear the needs. It's just been amazing. So in Ottawa, um, when I left Ottawa, I was the director of Parks and Rec for a municipality outside of, of Ottawa. Um, when I moved to the States, I was the first ever director of a health club, 30 minutes outside of Houston in Clear Lake, Texas, which is where Nassau is. Buku's of money, right? And find myself as the first director for the gentleman who created SQL Systems. His wife had a, a phys ed background, and she wanted a gymnastics club and a fitness club. So he built her both. Oh. And I was the director of the fitness club. <laughs> yeah, and it was amazing. <laughs> just, you know? Anyways, um, yeah, so it's just been next step, next step. Okay, I'll move. All right, next step. And that's that's what's so amazing that you you dared to say yes, right? You you had these you you were out there, all right, you have one opportunity. Okay, I'm gonna try this. And you had that courage to do it. And so many people don't. And what I love that you said and and I love to to hear to you know kind of piggyback on that is some people and I know I'm positive that people have said, you know, how do I get to do what you do, right? And people will say to me, Christine, how do I be like what you do? And I'm like, yeah, so about that. Um, Careful what you ask for. Right. It's, but you create what the coolest thing is. And, you know, Christine, how do you get to be an advocate for chronic disease or this and that? And I said, well, it doesn't exist, so I created it. So I just I elbowed my way into, you know, talking to the people I wanted to surround myself with. And there's a lot of people that are like, you know, brush me off. Those are not my people. And that's okay. It takes a long time to realize that. But, you know, the same thing with you. It's like, you know, well, Debbie, how did you find out about this running this club or this club? Well, because I ran another one and they heard my name. Or I met this person who's, you know, I just think that's the coolest thing. You can't teach that. You can't say, hey, you know, here, just be more open and be more. No, it's that I think is so cool. Anyway, that was my that was my spiel on that one. No, and, and like you said, I mean, we created this whole podcast to give ourselves a platform that we needed and wanted to just create ourselves. It's like, you know, it didn't exist. Here we go. And we get to give voices to people around the world. And that's what's kind of, that's what's awesome. So, you know, that's it. All right. So now you are, you know, now you're in, you're running this club in Houston. Take us forward. Now what's going on? Yes, yeah, so I was there for one year, and we were relocated to South Carolina. 
and I'm a little hound doggy, so you're right. I just, you know, I put my nose. <laughs> if I'm moving and I know I'm moving, I'm looking for a job before I get there, right? So, because um, I love working. I, I love working in our field. I just do. So I was very blessed to be, to, to find, and I don't remember how I found this, you guys, but it was on a job board somewhere. Director of Wellness, Lexington Medical Center, South Carolina. And that was where I was going. And I thought, well, I'm going for this. Mm-hmm. I was going to try. And I got the job. And that was amazing. It was a good, solid 12 years. It was my first encounter of moving out of my comfort zone of fitness plus wellness and population health. Because when you're working for a hospital, you're now working with all populations, right? I'm no longer just working with the fit. I'm working with those with chronic diseases, bariatric surgery, full-blown diabetics, post-hip replacement, all of it. And honestly, that was a very pivotal time in my career. I had no idea about it then, but that is where I grew up from defining my role in the industry as a fitness professional, educator, club operator. I have a huge operations background. I love that too. But that's where I grew up from fit pro to wellness professional. When I had to get onto a hospital payroll and do what I, I knew to do, but also to, like you said, Christine, step out of my comfort zone over and over. I would sit in meetings with docs and, and RNs and they'd have all these acronyms and terms and I'd be like, pretending like I knew what they were saying, right? Because I wasn't going to show myself. I had no clue. I'm like, well, that's okay. I'll listen. I'll learn. Eventually, I'll know what that, whatever that means over there. But um, it was a really great chapter of creating medical wellness programs in my fitness center and converting that to a medical wellness center, learning community wellness, going outside of the bricks and mortar of the four walls, and taking all of my stuff out to schools, churches, employers, so good, creating my first ever full-blown employee wellness program for 7,000 employees and making all the mistakes because no, I, I didn't have a mentor in that area, right? <laughs> I had HR, and they were great. So we did it. Um, and as you do good work, people are like in the community going, hey, what, what are you doing at the hospital there? I want that walking program for my people. Oh, crap. Well, I wasn't planning on that. Okay. All right, we can do this, right? So um, it was just very organic and learning, like you said, to take risk, not worry about, okay, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. I always went in with that spirit. I do like a challenge, though. You know, I don't like same day over day over day. Can't stand it. (laughs) I'm in the right field, right? As Mm -hmm. you know, no two days are the same. So it it was really fun. And we had great success um, in that center. That that center in South Carolina, I'm very proud to share this, but it was the Medical Fitness Association center of the year, less than 20,000 square feet because of all the programs we had. So that was really cool. And that, that took many years. I think it took me seven years to get the, the programming to that place. But I love creating programming, particularly for the underserved audiences, Diabetes, all the things like Christine, like you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's that's my heart. Um, I want those who are overweight, out of shape, deconditioned, don't have belief in their being that they can feel better to do more. 
those that's the audience I just want to go like this I got you yes so I'll make a program for you yeah yeah absolutely and it's just it's wonderful I mean, we've talked endlessly on this podcast about how the fitness industry completely misses the mark Mm -hmm. on who they serve and who they market to and everybody involved, right? They market to the people that would probably use it anyway, right? They market to the fit. uh, They market to the healthy. And and they completely miss, you know, 90% of their potential clients because they don't. Uh, include them in in a lot of the things they do, and and you're seeing what we always see. Christine and I see is the people that need it the most, right? right? The sick need fitness, need health, need wellness. All these, and you know, for some reason, they they uh, you know, you bang your head against the wall to pick up that client who's going to come into your gym and you know do stuff that they can do with or without you. Um, you, you know, so it, it's it's very it's very neat and it's very rewarding, like you said. Um, what are some of the, uh, what, what are, you know, you're building these, the, you know, this Rolodex or this catalog of courses and, and act in, um, you know, of activities and things that, that you're bringing people in. What was something that, you know, you started with maybe some basics, but then you introduced that was like, I can't believe we're going to do this, right? Is it something like, um, you know, uh, exercise programs for maybe hip, you know, like you said, hip replacements or something like that. I mean, those are maybe some common things, but what's something that you got to a point where you're like, we can also do this and help somebody. Oh, I love that question. So I affirm you a thousand percent. The industry is missing the mark completely. (laughs) And we've just, we just have got to do better. We need to change the lens. We need to change the language. We need to change the conversations, the visuals and marketing that we use. So some of the the moments like that, Brian, for me were when I had a physician, and this was in my North Carolina director of wellness job, the chief of orthopedics called me and said, hey, Debbie, I understand you're the wellness girl. I'm like, yes, sir, I am. <laughs> chief of orthopedics is on the floor. And I'm like, uh-oh. And you're thinking, oh, boy. And he's like, well, um, we need to talk because it's your responsibility, as I understand it, to have a healthy workforce, starting with our own employees. And I'm just going to say to you, we've got a lot of very unhealthy nurses, number one. What are you going to do about that? What are you doing about that? I'm like, yes, sir, I agree. And then he said, in part two, is and I'll do anything to support you, Debbie. I just I just want to have this conversation with you. Part two, I'm really sick and tired of, of working with patients coming in with BMIs greater than 50. 50. 50. Not 32. 50. Mm-hmm. He says. I'm like 50. He said, <clears throat> in my practice, Debbie. My philosophy is we need to get the patients into a healthier lifestyle to move the needle on understanding behavior change and making better choices. Because if I do surgery on one knee, one knee replacement, one hip replacement, and Brian's got a BMI of 50, Brian's going to be right back in here in three months to get the other one done. And this is not my, my, my passion. I want lifestyle education as a corollary to what it is we do with our patients. I don't want to be doing all these surgeries on unhealthy patients. So what are you going to do about that? And it was such an opportunity. I was kind of like, oh. So 
I basically said, um, let me think about the answers to the questions. I will come back to you with a proposal. And I learned, one of the things I learned in my two healthcare jobs, you never have conversation with physicians providing solutions unless you've gone to site and, and review and dig into all the best practices. It's not what Debbie thinks or what she feels. How I approached every physician conversation with a proposed solution was let me do the research, sir. I'll go into the, you know, the library and all the leading organizations and look at best practices for obesity management to move the BMI. And I'll be looking at some of the, I'll be speaking with our nurses. I had a nurse on my team. Let me talk with Liz and figure out what we might do for our own nurses who are walking the floor who are morbidly obese as well, which really does not present well, right? Because it looks like we're not taking care of our own employees. And that was a defining moment and such an opportunity. So I formed an internal stakeholder group. I let him know that I needed to do some research with all of the experts in the hospital. I wasn't going to take this on alone. So I recruited the director of rehab and sports medicine, who was my bud. I recruited a couple of physicians who I knew were all about wellness. And one had a board-certified weight weight management certification, something like that. So she was very interested to support the work. I recruited the director of psychiatry. I recruited the director of nutrition. Um, Who else did I recruit? Anyways, we were a solid group of about eight. Oh, the director of diabetes. And we agreed, and I let him know, give us about a month or so to just do the research, come back to you with the best practices on obesity management in America. And we'll present these to you. You can let us know what you think. You can pick one, A, B, or C, or perhaps we create our own model from some of what we, we see, and we'll customize a deliverable. So we did that. And we found some great models like Mayo Clinic and others, and we decided with his input and his support that we were going to all co-create our new customized weight loss program for Caremont Regional Medical which is what we did. And with this internal work group and the director of orthopedics and his, his group, we were able to formulate a new 12-week weight loss program. And not only were we able to deliver it to the community at large, inclusive of his patients, I was also able to deliver it to our employees. And that was magical. We ran... Gosh, we ran those programs. It was nonstop. We'd run like four, five, six a year. And the results were amazing with pre-post assessments, a finger stick, um, coaching, working out in our center supervised, starting with chair exercise. It was just, it was, so that that's probably the one program that I was asked to draw, create a solution for, and we did. And it was, it was good. It was really good. That's so neat. You know, like it, it takes more than just good energy, right? You know, you got to have some substance behind it, especially when you're in that, you, you, you know, sophisticated a field with, you know, the medical, you know, the doctors and, and, you know, and everything that you're doing there. So it's really interesting. And I love what you said about the nurses or what the, that doctor happened to say about the nurses. 
and I see that all the time. Every time I'm in, a, you know, in hospital, and whether it's like me having when we had children, I haven't spent a whole lot of time in hospitals for any uh, thing on my own. But you do see that the nurses are very unhealthy, right? And and I see it in school teachers too. It's the givers, right? It's the ones that give so much of themselves that they don't take care of their their own selves. They work funky hours, you know. They have to, um, especially when they're starting out. You know, they eat over the counter uh, a lot of times. They eat in the cafeteria. So I, I do. I have seen that, and it's it's great because you know, not only are they gonna do they deserve it. They deserve to be healthy. They keep everybody else healthy, mm-hmm. but their job is strenuous, right? They need to be healthier, and you know, in order to be best at their job. Uh, so, what an important thing. I um I want to go back for a second to Brian said the word. You brought it up again. And it's the word inclusive, right? And inclusivity. And it's what's crazy is that, you know, we value right now and we're trying so hard. Everyone's talking about, oh, inclusion and include everybody. And and what's crazy is that when I look around the fitness industry, right, what is fitness? What is wellness? And, you know, we do want to help people, yet we're not being inclusive, and, and the demographic, you know, we say, oh, well, 65 and older, active agers. And I'm like, no, 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 we're missing the point. Being inclusive is what about the people who, you know, what is it? One in four people right now in the United States is the, is the, um, the statistic has one or more chronic conditions. That's adult, 18 and over, not 65 or older, 18 or older. And I go back to this all the time of, those aren't the people that are going to be stepping into a gym or going to a fitness class. And, you know, they're on medications. And most of them, I would say, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm generalizing, but I really don't think I am, are in the category of obese with their BMI at this point. It's, I mean, it really, yeah, it's I mean, ridiculous. Um, they're, they're scared to walk into a, a fitness establishment because, I mean, just the marketing alone is I'm not like that. I'm, I am not like them at all. I don't belong there. You know, I, I'd, I'd rather just hide than go walk in there. You know, with, it's, you know, it's, it's hard. The, um, the other thing, too, is um, one of the ways, and I, I'm going to ask you how, you how you stay grounded with some of this, but one of the things that I do, I, I try and do this as often as I can, is that I will go take classes, in my, you know, somewhere in my area, or just if I'm at a conference or whatnot, I walk in, I don't want anyone to, I'm in the back, because I always do that, I'm in the front so much, like I'm all the way in the back, and I don't want anyone to recognize me if it's someone that's, you know, and I, you know, I have a chronic condition, and I sit there, and I walk into a class that's something new, maybe a new program I'm not used to, a new instructor, and I think about how I feel, and I feel intimidated, and I feel like, okay, what, what do I do? You know, my, my wrists aren't good or this or that. Did, did someone even acknowledge that I'm brand new and they don't know, you know, that I'm walking in? And I think that in and of itself keeps – that's what I do to keep myself humble, to keep myself learning, to keep myself feeling that I'm uncomfortable and I have fear. Um, oh, my gosh. You, like, mean, you mean not everybody's ready to be hit over the head with a boot camp? Oh no, I was, I went to yoga, right? I went to yoga, a new yoga class last month and I, I've been teaching yoga, Debbie, for like 25 years or whatever. 
okay. I, you, oh my gosh, I was, it didn't say advance. It didn't say anything like person, no idea who I am. Like, you know, there's a bunch <laughs> of new people and I'm trying to like keep up, right? Flexing on you. I was in so much pain throughout class. Like I had to kind of stop and go into my extended child's pose and just kind of hang, you know, <laughs> like I was like, Hey, you guys are doing great. I'm just going to sit here and take a nap. Um, yeah, and it was, you know, it's just interesting to put yourself back into the, wow, I'm really uncomfortable and wow. I, no one has come over and checked on me. <laughs> like, no one's told me like, Hey, you know what? If you don't want to be on your hands or wrists for the next 15 minutes, here's an option. Um, and I think that's the kind of things that when you're working just like I do and, you know, Brian with certain populations that have chronic conditions and what are we doing to make them feel like it's okay. You got this. You're, you know, here's what you can be doing. Don't worry about what you can't. Let's look forward. So much of it is psychological, like you said, with the behavior and taking the facts and working with all these different people. I mean, kudos to, you know, I'm a, I'm a big geek. Let's be honest. Okay. I'm a big geek. I read all the, the things and you have to have that. You have to come with a, you know, oh, okay, we're doing this because, oh, the CDC just said the, and the, you know, Mayo Clinic just blah, blah, blah. Did you see the new paper and JAMA that came out of, um, but it's so important. And so my question to you is how do you keep grounded with everybody else, you know, with, with what's going on and whether it's a fitness industry or doctors or making other people feel comfortable? That's a really good question. I think <clears throat> my answer to your question is I ground myself in my desire to help people. And that is fulfilled in so many ways. Um, one is teaching four group X classes a week to adults over 60. So, you know, that is very humbling. Um, all ages, stages, problems, shoulders, hips, knees, this, the, that. And I love it. It's real. Um, I'm learning. I don't take the position that I need to know everything about everything. And it's just fun. Part of my grounding, I think, like you, Christine, I'm a huge geek. I love research. I love it. And I'm an avid consumer of it. I'll spend an hour a day on LinkedIn. If I, I have something I want to know about, I'm going to go snoop on it, right? So right. it's that kind of thing that fuels my fire and reminds me why it is I continue to do what I'm doing with probably more passion today than I've ever had in my life, and that's for a couple of reasons. One, you've hit on a couple of really important points. If there was ever a time for our industry to step it up from fitness to wellness, it's now. Public health is is it's crashing, Right. So CDC is forecasted by 2030, one in two Americans will be obese. Mm -hmm. The American Psychological Association has basically said one in five Americans is clinically burnt out. Mm. There is now, that's a formal disease process now. So as of March of this year, excuse me, last year, hello, <laughs> last year, um, 2022. Burnout has an ICD-10 code. It's a billable event. Wow. So when, when that starts to happen, like obesity was, what was it, two, 
215, something like that. Yeah. It, it's a recognition from the medical field. We have a crisis. We have a condition, yet another condition. What is scary about this is that we know, and we need the industry to step up in credentialing and desire to work with these populations mm-hmm. and new instructors to be exposed. We have so many gaps in industry. Um, where are we fueling fire for young instructors to want to work with obese patients, obese clients? Where is that in the industry, right? So there's a little bit, but based on the anticipated need of where we're going, and we can't expect healthcare, hospitals, and doctors, that's not what they do. They're referring, looking for us to say, here's my patient, here's Brian. He just had a knee replacement. Where do we send Brian? Who's the right person in the local community that we trust? We need that to happen too, right? So with obesity and burnout both, we know metabolic syndrome, someone who is obese has multiple things going on, right? Absolutely. Hypertension, um, probably hyperlipidemia, blood, an A1C that's, they may or may not be on medicine. So <laughs> it is a myriad of, health issues. Burnout, which is rising very rapidly, I just read a study that another group, I forget, it wasn't McKinsey, but another group that was suggesting that we're at one in two Americans is burnt out. Well, obesity, with all these metabolic conditions, burnout has the same profile, right? The same metabolic lens of, if you are clinically burnt out, it's likely that you are taking multiple medicines, or you're leaning into very unhealthy behavior choices, overconsumption, alcohol, smoking, things. Um, we've got an opioid epidemic that still is raging on. So a clinically burnt out person probably has depression and, and the anxiety meds are in the top three now that are being prescribed. So to your point, Christine, I do think for us to be inclusive and really meet the universe where we are in the lack of health and declining health, we're on a really bad path in Absolutely. America. We have to foster and nurture and get fit pros excited about becoming wellness professionals. Stop talking about exercise. Yes, we know you can prescribe exercise. What else do you have in your toolbox? Christine, what else have you got? <laughs> no. Can you do something else? And, and so can we get people to feel healthier? Maybe with, let's start with meditation. Let's start with teaching that we need. How many ounces of water a day? Does it have to, does every health journey have to start with fitness or exercise prescription? I say no. No. It's not working. Right. It's not working. And um, and it's and it's intimidating. It's a poor place to start. Then they might just walk away from that in the very beginning. I and, and you brought up you now we talk about you know, we talked about how the fitness industry uh, uh, you know at large is, is is part of the problem. Now how about the credentialing of the fitness professional and them being part of the problem and what is part of the solution? Is it is it um, co-credentialing like maybe some health coaching more health coaching involvement and and things like that like where do you see that what's needed another great question brian so 
This is, let me start with what's needed. <clears throat> I do believe we need to embrace the idea of a health and wellness professional being defined by many different things. The industry absolutely needs health coaches right now. And one of the ways that we're going to close the gap and elevate the industry to be recognized as necessary, essential, part of the solution, all the things that we failed at with the pandemic, right? We'll just close the gym. Right. What? Yeah. Well, that's on us, the industry. That's on us. Shame on us. We did not have our stuff together. Shame on us. So now we've learned the role of advocacy. But the credentialing piece, there is such a gap in who is it that's going to teach the average person. Let's talk about the 80%. How to start, where to start, basic lifestyle tips. You have to teach at a grade three level. Did you know that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything I need. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what we say. Don't assume that anybody knows how many ounces of water to drink, Debbie, or how many servings of fruits and vegetables. And when I and when we learned that, me and my dietitians and my nurse was like, okay, we got it, because nobody else is teaching it. Debbie, you know what's you know what's interesting it. is that um, I want to add to your point before you go on, is that I mm-hmm. sometimes get criticized. Like I'll put you know. I criticize, you know, whatever. People will give feedback to different things and, you know, I'll do a talk about hydration or talk about something. And I love sometimes when someone will say, you know, a lot of the information you gave, I think I already know that. It's kind of basic about the amount of this and the fruits and this and that. And I always write back and I say, thank you so much for doing research for you. I said, because you are in the minority and most people do not know what you just told me right. about macronutrients and micronutrients. And, and I said, I, I urge you to keep researching. I said, because what I am, you know, what I talked about in my article or whatever was for the 80%. And I, and I always say like, I would, that's great if I get feedback, like I want more. I'm like, that's fine. I'm, we're good. You keep going. But, oh my gosh, I just have to say that. Well, you're right, Christine. I mean, and good on you for making that a positive encounter, right? Keeping keeping that person lifted up and feeling good about learning and knowing and encouraging to learn and and learn more. And I think, you know, one of the things um, that I heard in the industry when I was at Club Industry speaking in Chicago in October, and, and it's a kick in the butt to us to get moving with owning the fact that we are the solution to the problem. Fit pros are the solution to the problem. We just need to own it, expand our lens beyond exercise only, and, and lean into lifestyle education and behavior change and things we know to do. Because one of the things I heard, which was, oh my gosh, it just rocked my world. Over 50% of millennials don't have PCPs. Yeah. Yeah, they use the walk-in. The they walk in if they're sick or, yeah. Number two, so where do they go to get solutions to their health problems? 
Oh gosh, yeah. TikTok, <laughs> Wikipedia. You mean if it's online, it's this is my favorite. If I find it online, it's not fact. Do you know I taught English for like 16 years, and for 16 years I had to footnotes. I mean, as soon as the internet came out, and be like, I'm like, where did you get this information from? The internet, Mrs. Conti. I'm like, okay, this is like Wikipedia, and like you're. Right. You know, a, Google a is ten not year old a girl source. just said, "Yeah, yeah, this is not a credible source." Like, what? <laughs> well, you know what we call that, Christine? Right? We fondly call that the Google monster. Uh, oh. Yeah, Google monster. You mean influencers don't have all the answers? Oh no! Oh, God. So sneaking, right? So sneaking to credentials. You know, we do need to own that. And understanding that we have certifications, um, at the very least, we need to honor that and respect it. One of the outcomes of the pandemic, which is very troublesome, and I've got this from credible sources because I'm a CDC <laughs> provider, my master class is credentialed with several groups, right? Uh, one of the groups said to me, and I won't say which one, I'm like, surely certifications, people want the credentials now because so many lost their jobs. They've gone from bricks and mortar to solopreneurship. They, they really want to make, you know, position themselves to be a credentialed source. Like, at, to the very least, have a certification, right? And the answer was, oh, no. No. Complete opposite. There's no need for certifications when you're in virtual land. It's the wild, wild yeah, west. Yeah. It's like, stop it. And, and that generally affects our, you know, our... our for those of us, but it, but what it does is it reduces our seat at the table, you know, with the, in the, you know, the, the medical healthcare continuum where we, where we don't now, we're, we're not heard. We're lumped in with those people who aren't credentialed and are just, you know, they're looking pretty, uh, or handsome and, and, uh, you know, and it's, it's not right. So what? So that was a question that I did want to get to. What do we do to get our seat at the table in a bigger chair, right? Because we're an integral part of this whole, you know, of lifestyle medicine and lifestyle management and 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 healthy living, healthier lifestyles. Like it's not going to happen without us, um, you know. So so what do we do? How do you overcome that? the best questions oh, yeah <laughs> i'm good thank you very you're, much you're really annoying I'm today i'm rolling i'm rolling we, it's all right Conti. every time Shaq, we do that like good question we have this thing over here like the when our so here's Shaq. the deal debbie here's the deal debbie i'm asking all the questions that i just i right. ask these same questions myself about you know and i want to hear your answer on right. it so it's like you know i have the same questions and i i know we're on the same page here so i just want to hear what you have to say about it yeah, the answer without without question is that we need to partner with the healthcare systems. We need to align ourselves with healthcare systems. And the reason being, if you can garner the respect of a healthcare system, a physician practice, a women's wellness clinic, an orthopedic clinic, you have taken yourself, whether you know it or not, as a fitness professional or health and wellness professional to a different level because the physicians that are going to look at us and want to partner are going to expect certain things. And if you can put checks on those requirements, you are working at a level that will build our reputation in the industry over time. And it looks like this one, 
Physicians don't refer to gyms. This is 23 years of my medical wellness background. No, no. What they're looking for is to refer to programs. So their credible partners will be folks that are leading programs that have proven outcomes. They're going to look for spaces where those programs are hosted. So if the program's in a gym or a medical wellness center, that it mirrors exactly what they're used to. A pristine, absolutely clean, stunningly beautiful space. It smells like Clorox, because that's what a physician office looks and feels like, right? Physicians are looking for that in their referral partners. So if your gym stinks and you have dirty curtains and the carpet stink, they're not going to refer to you next. They're going to ask you what your credentials are because they're not going to put your their name and partner with Debbie if she's not credentialed, right? So we're all elevating here. So Debbie, what makes it what makes you think that you can receive my patients in your medical wellness center? We all have master's degrees. We're all ACSM certified. I have a nurse on my team. I have two dietitians. I have a master degree exercise physiologist. I hold the same credentials, and I'm the director. Check. Okay, good. Next, when we send our patients over, we need to know that you're going to follow up with us in the continuum of care, Brian, that you referenced, that you're going to keep us in the loop of what's happening with our patients. So if we refer Brian to you post-hip, replacement, what data do we get from you? Is he just going to go over there and, you know, get on the elliptical, or are you going to do some pre-post assessments? How are you going to monitor his improvement with my prescription that we send him with? So nothing bad happens to my patient in your facility. Yes, sir. Mr. or Mrs. Physician, here's the intake form we use with all the pre-assessments. We do a standard blood pressure check, blah, 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 blah. And after 10 weeks of personal training or um, 10 weeks in our weight loss program, we'll do a post-assessment and we'll send you the data. Now, I was very fortunate in North Carolina to have my medical wellness center on the electronic medical record, which is virtually unheard of, but I was a hound doggy about it. So the biometrics and all the data actually went into the patient health record. My nurse entered it right into Epic. But beyond that, you can do it by paper. You can send the patient, Brian, back to the doc, to the next visit. Brian, here's your outcomes. Take that to your physician. And then <clears throat> place a call. Dr. Conti, did you get Brian's outcomes? Yes, ma'am, we did. What are you thinking? Yeah, he's doing really well. You know, things look good. And here's the reason that all that matters. So if you can work at that level, and understand research and the importance of data, which we all get it, right? I know we do. That's what the industry needs. And the healthcare system also need it, needs it. Selling memberships is not improving health. We need to change the model. That's the answer. Uh, yeah, I'm, look, easier said than done, no doubt about it, right? We're asking old dogs to do new tricks. Um, and it's about money, right? And let's and, talk about it. And let's let's even talk about some of the yes, even some of these gym owners and chain owners. You know, it's, it's not about it, wellness. It, it, it's, it's about not, money. It's about it's, yeah. They 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 sell those memberships and hope nobody shows up to use it. Right? That's a good that's a good deal for them. Uh, and 
and you know they they own multiple and they're just there doing some operations and things like that so yeah it's it's really it's really i mean look and and some of it i'm i'm like the biggest i'm a runner right but and i run and i still run a lot and i'm that's what i love to do i'm like the biggest advocate for walking like the only equipment you need are sneakers and they're optional, especially mm-hmm. down in South Carolina, right? You can go barefoot, right? And, and <laughs> so like, and it's like the most, ent- I mean, aside from like stretching, it's like the mm-hmm. most entry level form of movement, uh, that we can do pretty much. Well, I hate to say it, but a lot of us can do it, right? Most of us can do yes. it. And, and, and it, and it doesn't require very much, you know, I, I just, I just think that we just completely missed the boat on it and, and to, you know, to follow up on what you said, like, yes, we definitely need to talk the talk when it comes to speaking and, you know, with medical professionals, they're used to live, they live in a different world than most of us, especially those of us in the fitness industry. And, you know, we have to, we have to just up level to the, to the point where, they take us seriously and uh you know it's it's uh again easier said than done but i think the more to do it the better off we're going to be so you know even if it's just a, a small slice of the pie that are handling things in that manner now then then you know all the better mm-hmm. debbie it has been amazing to finally get you on our airwaves and to have this conversation. Which... I have one more awesome question. Oh, you Can do? I go? Yeah, no, I do. I have, I'm on you a You know roll. how awesome, Debbie, this last question is from Brian? It is that I just cut you off. You awesome. were going to wrap this up. I have an awesome... No, I was going... She's got to tell us about her website and that. her social... Christine. She didn't want to just, miss it. Just one more question, please. That's it. All right? It's our show. I'm half the logo. All right. <laughs> All right, no, because I'm amazed, and I and I, we, Debbie, she's a, Debbie's no, 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 you're good, Debbie, you're good. All right, I like this, I like everything. Told you she was so amazing. So you've started all these programs. You're hired to come in. You're hired with the bl- the the blanks, you know, clean slate to to start all these things, right? I I I've just heard everything that you said with from leadership to you know, business acumen to uh, education. You know, education to uh, you know just. Problem solving and all these things. So, as in your professional life, right? What's your best attribute? What is it that makes you uniquely you? What a great question, Brian! Great freaking question, that right there. <laughs> <laughs> and my greatest attribute is my heart. I love I it. Absolutely care. I'm just going to say this, and this is not bragging, but this is I led with my heart in every interaction with every patient and every employer. And in this small county outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, in my nine years at that hospital, never, ever, ever, in my wildest dreams, like all the places I've lived, could I have ever imagined my career could have this outcome. By the time I left the system to go to South Florida for a senior vice president job, I had sold a half million dollars of corporate wellness programs. Mm. And I'm not a salesperson. I have no sales training. I have no sales team. I didn't want anybody like that. Marketing would always offer to help. I'm like, I'm good. I just need to talk to a CEO. And it's like, yep. you know, it took me three or four meetings, but it'd be like, CEO, Pendergast, it's like, you know, surely you want to have some healthy options at work for your people, healthier employers, healthy, healthier employees. Um, are more productive and it was just my heart like 
everyone needs an opportunity to, to have good health, to live a life of fulfillment, to play with your kids, to hike on that mountain, to skydive, whatever it is. And so many, most of the world doesn't know what that looks like in America because they're sitting on their couch. They don't feel good. So I do believe my heart, my caring for you, um, all the people I work with, the people that are in my master class, I really give a damn. And I really care about this industry. So I think that's it. I don't think there's anything special I love about it. me. No, I, I, I love I it. I just love it. Look, at the end of the day, we don't work with, with numbers or units or, or anything. We work with people. We work, you know, we work with people and they need to know that we care. And, and if that's there, then, then, then there's a, you know, a level of relationship that's just far beyond anything that is business. Uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it comes from the heart. It's, uh, it's a, it's a pretty good way to go about things and successful way to go about things. Mm-hmm. Right, Debbie? Mm-hmm. I've been, I've, I've been blessed. I have. Thanks, Brian. And you've been that. work you've been working hard too with that heart in the right oh, places. So, oh my goodness! All right, Christine, you can go. You can go now. You can, you can wrap it up. No, you can you can you can do what Am you I were going to do before now? I cut you off. Am yeah, no, 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 it's your turn. I just you want to make floor. sure. Okay, all right. You know, we're usually pretty good, except I got the elbow today. It's Two fine. thick crazies. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Debbie, what I do want, number one, is that we're definitely, we need to continue this conversation at some point in the future that, so, you know, I'm, yes, I'm putting her yes, on the, yes. on the docket of round just, two. Yeah. On the podcast and in the yep. future, we will talk. Debbie's like my new best friend. Too. <laughs> it's also that. Um, so tell our listeners, I know that you have a lot of, a lot of great information and programs and, and whatnot. Please tell everyone, and we will put this out as well website, social media handles, so people can follow you and, you know, get in touch with you. Yeah, thanks for that, Christine. And yes, let's, let's keep the conversation going. I like that idea a lot. It's, it's, you can tell it's near and dear, right? I knew at some point you and I would have to talk yeah. about <laughs> it. So, um, <laughs> I have started my own company and it's education and consulting and I am putting my boots on the ground to do everything that I believe in, everything I know how to elevate the industry. So I'm doing it through education. I created my first master class last year at year one, and it is basically to teach fitness professionals how to go to corporate wellness. Take all the skills in your toolbox. How do you approach employers in this new hybrid world to support them in their search for wellness at work opportunities, whether it be a stretch break, get out of your chair break, a meditation break, a walking program, a lunch and learn, whatever it is. What my four cohorts taught me last year and 48 participants was (laughs) with the skills I gave them, teaching them about global wellness trends, employee wellness trends, fitness trends, what an employee wellness program looks like, who the stakeholders are, what is the marketing, what's your pitch, how do you write a value prop. We did a SWOT analysis. They they went out to all these markets, and I was like, oh, wow. I created this course for you to go to companies, and here you are going to churches. And this is, this is true. Dentist offices, spas, resorts, property management, they're selling. I have one girl here in Greenville. She just did 
the Children's Museum in Greenville, and a women's shelter, wellness programs. And it's just blowing my mind. I'm like, wow. But the skills are the skills, right? Right. So that is, yeah, and it's, it's amazing. I got midway last year, and um, I realized, because so many are talking about this, what's the difference between fitness and wellness? And so very organically, I was like, you know what? I'm going to create an educational opportunity with guest speakers. Christine, you need to think about coming. In, um, in, done. It's <laughs> done. Every three, for three months, every Thursday, it's a sprint. It's just 30 minutes. To have a guest speaker come in to speak about everything in health and wellness. Brokers, physicians, medical wellness, corporate wellness. Brian's also in. Burnout. Yes, Brian, that'd be great. Please, anytime. Um, and so I called it the Wellness Academy. I charge $99. It's my passion project. It's not a make money. It's I want to teach. I want to elevate the industry. I've had two sessions, great success. My winter session goes live in two weeks. And everyone, like, it's amazing. People want to come and talk. And it's like, teach. Like, I'm reaching out to Christine. Yeah, I'd love to help you, Debbie. And I'm like, oh, wow. So I'm going to keep that going because it is education for the industry. And I do think we need to learn the difference between fitness and wellness. And this year I'm adding into those two, in addition to coaching and consulting, um, I'm creating a new eight-week because I keep getting asked, how do you do this, Debbie? A new eight-week masterclass, and it has CECs attached to it, on how to create wellness programs. Just I'm just going to teach everybody what's up here. So how do you do it, Debbie? I'm like, here, mm-hmm. come take the class. I'll teach you. And it's been great. I'm, I'm taking everything that's up here, this old brain of mine, and going, yeah, let's talk about this. And it's fabulous. It's, it's been a great journey. Hey, don't call it an old brain. Call, call it a beautiful brain, would yeah. you? Yeah. All right? Yeah. It's, not, it's beautiful. You. You're welcome. All right, Deb, how do we how do we find out more, Debbie? Yeah, so go to www.debbiebellinger.com. So easy. That's my website. It's all there. Uh, my Instagram handle at debbie-bellinger. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, and do follow me because even if you're not in my masterclass, please come into my world. Come on the journey with me. I post a lot of education on my LinkedIn page. I share things like the American Heart Association last last year added the seventh element of health and is sleep. So I post stuff like that, right? I want my audience to know. Um, and, and or Facebook either. Just get in the group with me. You don't have to buy my class or do anything like that. But let's just get connected and let's all, you know, come together like you guys are doing and elevate the industry together by advancing our knowledge, taking steps of courage to practice new things. I think we can do this. It's going to take time, but I think we can do this. We can bend the curve. We're just going to keep talking about it. You know what? I disagree. I know we can do this. <laughs> How about that? We can do this. Awesome. We can do this. Yes. T-shirt. yes. Slam dunk today, Debbie. Yeah. What a fantastic hour we just spent with each yes. other. Yes. Yes. All right. It is just I love our I love our podcast. It's so fun. Yes. It's been five years and we're still like, this is great. <laughs> I know. Oh, I love it. I love being able to share just this and everything with our listeners from around the globe. And we will get all that information out to our listeners 
And Debbie, thank you so much for spending your time with us this afternoon. You are now an official Fit Crazy <laughs> guest in our archives. And, it's uh, been my pleasure. Thank you. Oh, well, with that said, it is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two Fit Crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.